Hey, this is Jenny Jones. This particular episode was one very near and dear to me as I just lost a friend last year around this time. She ironically was one of my first clients that bought a life insurance from me. And that's why this lesson and this episode is so sentimental to me. And what I wanted to do was do something a little bit extra and special for those who are listening to this episode. Tune in to the end and see what I have for you. Thank you. I remember when I first learned about life insurance and it's a lot of elements when it comes to life insurance, but there's some some hierarchy pieces that if you understand the fundamentals of it, then the rest is just like riding a bike. So let me explain that to you. And it's funny because we're on my third episode and people are like, what is he doing? He's just talking about himself and yip yapping. Again, this is the journey of a financial evangelist. So I'm going to take you down these different paths and these different stories on how it was able to learn and understand this information because this is all second nature to me. So let me go ahead and explain and let me kind of get into some core elements of you when it comes to life insurance. Now, there's a couple of rules of thought when it comes from life insurance. And to be fairly honest with you, it really depends on what life insurance company is selling to you. For example, if it's a certain type of company, they may say, hey, we really strongly believe in whole life. But then if it's another company, they may say, hey, you know what? Forget whole life just by term and invest a difference. And each one of them have their and here's the thing about it. And here's the funny thing about it, where they're both right. It really depends on you and what you want as a client and or customer. Both serve an important role. So let me give you an example and I'll I'll say these two. I'll say I'll make this one statement. Permanent insurance is when you die. Right? And then term insurance is if you die unexpectedly. So you need both. And term insurance when you need when you're your youngest and you need a lot of insurance to cover your liabilities and or your expenses and or to replace an income. So for an example, if you have a take a married couple, have 2.5 kids, I don't know, that's what America says, right? And they're both between the ages of uh, 35 and 32, right? Each being in, in, the, in the 30 range. And they, let's say they have a mortgage. Well, they have a mortgage anywhere. I don't know. Depends on where they live in the country. If it's in California, it's going to be at least a quarter of a million. Um, but let's say they have a mortgage anywhere between one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty thousand, right? What you're going to do is the the person working or both parties will probably have some type of life insurance um, at their job, right? And they may get I don't know twenty five thousand. Let's just use that as a round number. Let's say they get 25,000 and if they're on the job or something like that, they'll get their part of the group insurance and that's the law of large numbers and I may cover that in a different episode. But if they take the 25,000, right? And then they say, well, the 25,000 will probably it'll be enough to bury me, whether it be the husband or the wife, but it won't be enough to pay off the mortgage and it definitely won't be enough to replace an income if someone's making, I don't know, 35, 45, 50,000, right? So what you do is you buy a large term policy. You buy a large term policy 
in excess of maybe four times your income. Let's use that as a round number. And let's say you make 25000 a year, then you're going to buy a $100,000 policy. They say four times is because it really would take to replace the income. It would take you four years to adjust, right? So you'd say four, if I can have my husband or my wife's income for four times or four years, then it'll give me an opportunity to adjust. Or I have an option if something were to happen to them, I do have the option to pay off the mortgage or have enough time or room to adjust to a new mortgage. So there's always a place for term insurance. Let's make that very clear. The the term insurance is so inexpensive. And the reason why it's inexpensive is because 90% of the policies never pay out. Right. So there was a study done. I'm not going to throw the name out there, but I want to say a Limra study. It's called Limra, L-I-M-R-A, Limra study. And I don't know if it was actually them, but I know they do a lot of studies. So I'm going to just say it was a Limra study. Right. And there was a study because I read a lot of the studies and and I I know Limra or one of the other agencies did a study. And the study was that 90 percent of term policies never, never pay out. That's why they do term policies so inexpensive. You buy them pennies on the dollar. You can buy a hundred thousand dollar policy for, I don't know, 12 bucks, right? 13 bucks. That's why it's so inexpensive because the term is only going to last for a term. If you buy a 10 year term, it's only going to last for a window of 10 years. You buy a 20 year term, it's only going to last for a window of 15 years. Um, and so, or, or 20 years. So, what you do in a term policy is the term covers you with a large amount of money for unexpected death. If you were to unexpectedly die in this window or this term window, then there's a cash infusion tax-free that is given to the beneficiary, right? And so that's the need for term. Now, and then so what happens is, so let me tell you the difficulty in buying only term. Right. And most people make this mistake. And I've seen a lot of my clients make this mistake. I said, listen, that's all I can afford. But I got something. I'm like, yeah, you got something. But chances are you're going to live beyond this term. Rana says, well, I'll deal with it when I when I can. OK, so I came to see you at 25. But now you're 35, 10 years later. Now, insurance has gone up. Right. And insurance is based on two factors. Insurance is based on age and it's based on health. Now, I always ask people, says, hey, listen, 10 years from now, you think you'll be healthier or you think you'll be, you know, um, not as healthy, right? Your age starts setting in and things like that, especially start pushing 40 and then 50, things start breaking down, things start tearing down. And so that's one of the things you need to consider because insurance will always be at its least expensive the youngest you are. Right. And I'll talk about maybe even in the next podcast on how it's so beneficial to get insurance on your kids. And most people don't realize that. It's like, oh, well, I feel bad for getting insurance on my kids. Trust me, you're doing them a favor. Right. And so what happens in this in this window is that now when you go back to look at insurance, insurance is a little bit more. Actually, it's not a little bit more. It's a lot more because you're 10 years older. And what that means is you're going to bind the insurance company for another 10 years. So there's a cost associated with that. 
And so you're going to always find your term insurance policies. My thing is, hey, get a nice little term. I don't know, something more than 10 years, maybe 15 or 20 years, right? They still do, some insurance companies still do 20-year policies. But my point in that is you get it for as long as you can to cover your mortgage. So with the hopes of, listen, I've covered 10 years of my mortgage. I mean, I've covered 20 years of my mortgage, which on a traditional 30-year mortgage, I have 10 years left. Right. Something would have happened. You know, my wife, my spouse, anyone else only have 10 years left on the house. And hopefully they would be able to pay off the house or so on and so forth. Now, let me tell you what. And that's the downside, because when you go back to get insurance, it's going to be a lot more. My thing is your chances of living beyond that term policy are greater than, I don't know, 80%, unless a freak accident happens, right? And here's the reason why I say that. Because the mortality rate or the mortality table or the life expectancy for both a male and a female is into the 80s, right? And so it's almost as though the way the studies show is as you get into your 50s, your chances of living to 80 become greater, right? And so... That's why it's harder to get term insurance as you get older. You can still get it, but now you're actually, now you're putting the insurance company on the hook. Now they're like, oh my God, we really may have to pay out on this policy. And term policies are so inexpensive because they hardly ever pay out on them, right? And so I just wanted you to understand the philosophy and the theory behind by term. Now, most people say, hey, by term and invest a difference. Yeah, that works. If you invest a difference and most people, if they're not uh, conditioned to will not invest the difference, which that is my theory, because a person that's conditioned to buy term, they're saying, hey, I want to self-insure. And what I learned as a young insurance agent is like, hey, I'd rather trade pennies for dollars any day. I'd rather have an insurance company write a check for a quarter million, half a million than for my family to write a check for half a million to pay off my house, so on and so forth. So always buy term. Term is always um, something I think you should have in your, your selection pool of insurance. You always bolt on a piece of term just unexpectedly, right? It's for unexpected death, right? But your permanent policy and or whole life policy, I'll use permanent. I'll use the term permanent and term. So there's term insurance and there's perm insurance. Perm is permanent insurance that lasts you for the rest of your life because it's permanent. And then there's term insurance, which lasts you for a term or a season in your life. So when you, you break the two up, you have term and you have perm. The perfect combination is having a mixture of both. And here's what I mean by that. If you have term insurance, it's going to cover the large losses, right? It's going to cover if my wife dies, or if I die, you know, it'll replace the salary, it'll pay off the house, you know, it'll do all of those things we want it and design for it to do because that's a check that's going to land in my lap. Am I going to be distraught? Yeah. Will I even want to return to work right away? Will I need to take possibly six months off? Will I need to take a year off? Yes. If I have small kids, do I need to care for them? to emotionally make sure that they're okay for six months or a year? Do I need to turn it into homeschooling for a year until they get adjusted? I don't know. All those things could possibly happen. I can assure you when I had small kids 
And if something would have happened to my wife, even to this day, if something happens to her, I would be distraught. And I don't know what space I'll be in, but the last thing I need to be worried about is money. So when insurance company puts a half a million dollar check in my bank account, I can say, well, that's one less thing I got to worry about. Right. So always have a have term. It's never you can never have too much term. Right. And I'll just leave that out there. But you always want to have permanent insurance or or some type of permanent policy. And and you mix the two together. You always marry them together. Peanut butter and jelly. Right. You you keep those two together because permanent insurance is when you do die. Right. Because you are going to die. I mean, I, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, yeah, well, he's right. You are going to die. But term insurance is unexpected death. Right. But permanent insurance is when you actually do die. You still want someone to write a check. Right. You don't want to go have to go into your savings and bury a spouse. You want that permanent insurance to kick in. And the two permanent insurance and the two flavors I'm going to talk about without too much detail. I do have a quick webinar you can probably, you're going to be able to go to, um, you're going to find the link and I'm going to have that enclosed in here and you'll be able to find that. And there's a webinar that I'll put together. It kind of just explains it in a little bit more detail and kind of give you some graphics that you'll be able to see it as well. Um, and, and I'll put that on my my website, um, thefinancialevangelist.com. And I'll have a link to the webinar that you'll be able to see the breakdown in the life insurance. And so I'm going to cover these last two flavors. Now, what you need to know is if you keep it very vanilla, if you keep it perm term, you will be fine for any insurance you're trying to understand. And I'm not going to give you anything that's visually you're going to have to understand. I just want to give you some concepts in this podcast. The concept I want to give you is when you have a permanent insurance policy, that is a policy that's supposed to last your entire life. It is a permanent policy. That's why it's more expensive because it's going to cover the cost of insurance for a longer term, right? It's going to, it's supposed to be designed to take you into your eighties, right? And then you'll get an illustration or they'll show you where, Hey, this is going to pay out until age 100 or age 92, whatever. The point I'm trying to make is when you buy a permanent policy, it is supposed to last you all the way into your life expectancy. That's why it's always going to cost more. So the challenge is people says, well, I don't want to pay that much for insurance. Well, you don't have to, but when you go to really need it, it's going to cost you a lot more. And it's you're not going to be as healthy as you once were when you were younger, right? And uh, such as myself, a lot of people know my story. Um, I had cancer, right? But uh, when I got rated, before I got rated for insurance, I was healthy. So I got a very good rating because I was healthy as an ox, right? And um, and so I have a guaranteed insurability rider, which I may or may not get into that in a segment. Uh, I'll talk about some different riders that you may be able to experience, but by having the guaranteed insurability rider, it didn't matter whatever happened to me. I always have an opportunity to purchase more life insurance at the preferred rate that I got when I first got it, when I was young and healthy, I got the insure, the guaranteed insurability rider. Doesn't matter what happens to me. So now, you know, when I got can, kidney cancer, you know, I lost a kidney, things of that nature. I can still buy insurance at the preferred rate that I got when I was younger, right? So I'd always get it less expensive if I need to. 
And that's what I wanted to explain to you, but it is a permanent insurance policy that allowed me to get that particular rider on it. Your permanent insurance policies, they are the granddaddy. They are the old school policies that last you for a long time. They're going to cost you a little bit more, but let's talk about two flavors of permanent life insurance. And if you need to hop on my webinar uh, that I have on the financial uh, evangelist website, you can do that and you'll get a little bit more detail and I'll have a handout on that as well. Um, the two flavors I'm going to talk about is universal life, which is a permanent policy and whole life, which is a permanent policy. So if you line them up, all three, as I bring this podcast to a close, because what I want to do is now that I'm going to start talking, I'm just going to kind of give you little short stories and something to help you with and keep you pushing forward. I will not get into long podcasts uh, anymore. So listen, you look at, you line up all three policies, you line up a term policy, you line up a universal life permanent policy, you line up a whole life permanent policy, you line all three of them up. They all can get you to the store. All three vehicles can get you to the store. You get in a term policy, it's a bike. Can it get you to the store? Yes. You got to pedal, but it gets you to the store, right? Right. Now, if you're trying to get to the store and you got to bring groceries back, eh, maybe not so much. So maybe we'll go with a universal life and a universal life will we'll say that's a, a nice, you know, Honda Accord, right? Has roll down windows. Can I get power windows? Yeah, it'll cost me a little bit more, but does it have roll down windows? Yes. Does it have a trunk I can put the groceries in? Absolutely. Right. Will it get me to the store? Is it a vehicle that'll get me to the store? It will. It's going to sit right in the middle right above a bike. If I want to ride to the store in style, if I want to drive a high-end Maybach Mercedes, Maybach Mercedes or something of that nature with an AMG kit or whatever, I don't know, whatever those expensive cars are that are very classy, then I go with a whole life if I can afford it. And the only reason why I say that is because a whole life policy, if explained right, if broken down to you right, will give you so much amenities that you, it's like, do you want to drive a Mercedes? Because driving a Mercedes, if you've ever driven a Mercedes, it's not quite a drive that you've ever experienced in anything else, right? But if you drive, once you've driven a Mercedes, that's all you're going to want to drive. And so I give that to you because a whole life policy, it does so many things for you. That's why it costs so much. One of the best things that it does for you it is it becomes an asset because when they're asking you, you're pulling up, if you're filling out a financial statement, they always ask you, do you have any type of permanent life insurance policies like a whole life? I was like, well, yeah, I do. Well, that's an asset because it, it, it has cash value and it has some worth to it. Right. And so that's a different echelon of insurance, but it's definitely not out of reach for a young couple to purchase a small policy that gives you the options to increase more. But a universal life policy is very flexible and it's beyond the scope of this podcast, but it definitely fits for a middle class family to have a term policy with anywhere from a quarter of a million to half a million with a partnered up with another hundred thousand of universal life, I would say you would do fine as a middle-class family. That's going to cover all you need. Maybe you get 400,000 term and get a hundred thousand of permanent insurance uh, of universal life gives you half a million of insurance. 
to cover all the, the different needs that you may need to have met, right? And and it still be less than less than two hundred dollars a month, right? I would trade. I would pay two hundred dollars a month to exchange for half a million, just in case of unexpected death, anytime, right? And so as I bring this to a close, a permanent a permanent life insurance in the in the in the whole life family, does it cost more? You absolutely bet it costs more. Right. Should it be used for a an, an investment vehicle? That's really beyond the scope of this podcast. Should a universal life be used um, as an investment vehicle? It's beyond the scope of this podcast. What I will tell you as being licensed in insurance and being a licensed stockbroker and still being an investment advisor to this day, I don't know that I like my insurance and my investments together. I don't, me personally, and I don't advise my clients to tie the two together. I like them to sit on, I like them to sit apart and to do, they both have a function and I want them to do the same. Can you do both? You can. But would I do both and what I advise my clients to do both? I would not. And because if you understand the structure of insurance and how it's made up with the cost of insurance and the actual cost of insurance on the back end of the policy, increasing every single year. You don't want that to erode your investments inside of that. There's already fees associated with investments. I don't want them to be wrapped around life insurance fees or the cost of insurance as well. This has been Jenny Jones, the financial evangelist. Tune in next time. I have another story for you. Hope all is going well. Take care. Goodbye for now. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Um, Episode three was a very special episode for me. Um, ironically, about a year ago, I lost a very close friend of mine. And in fact, she was one of my first clients when I started selling life insurance over 20 plus years ago. And as a result of that, I've gone on to speak at several thousands of people around the United States. And I got to tell you, they all come back and say, hey, listen, you need to package this up and you need to be able to let other people know how easy this is for you to explain to them. So what I did was I put together a small package that I offer to you who are listening to this podcast. The only way you're going to know where the package is, is you have to go to the website, the financial evangelist, and you have to click on the button in the bottom right. It's not going to come up, but you have to click there and you're going to see there is a special package that I put together only for those listeners who are listening to this particular episode. Um, I'm going to be putting it back up at its regular price, but I wanted to make sure that you as a listener got an opportunity to listen to it first and see it first. Um, This is Jenny Jones, the financial evangelist. Hope all is going well. Take care. Goodbye for now.